the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So our gospel passage today, as well as all the other sort of readings, at least from the Old Testament and the Psalm, do that. Uh, blessings and curses, blessings and curses, sort of the, the opposites. Um, this, is, this is Jesus' Sermon on the Plain, uh, which is similar to, to Jesus' Sermon on the Mountain, Matthew's Gospel. It's set forth a little bit differently in Luke's Gospel as, as sort of a, a restructuring of, of the call and mission of Israel. And so uh, I just want to briefly go back just a, a, a tad. Remember last week we sort of had the first of the calling of the, of the disciples with the miraculous catch of fish. And so then Peter and Andrew and James and John, they all left, they followed Jesus. And soon after that he found Levi, Matthew, tax collector, he followed Jesus. But right before this passage, we have all the 12 apostles being named. That Jesus went to the mountain to pray, and he continued, and he chose the 12. And we skip that part to come into here. Simon, who named Peter and Andrew, and his brother James and John, and Philip and Bartholomew, and Matthew and Thomas and James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon, who was called the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became the traitor. But it's important as we as we lead into this into this passage because it's it's not unlike if you were at the playground watching kids play basketball and you sat there for a couple hours watching this group and then you went over and you picked five of them. You know you're picking a basketball team, right? Or if you're at the park and kids are playing baseball and you go and you pick nine of them, you're picking a baseball team. When Jesus chooses 12 apostles, this is, as everyone at least reading will know, this is representing the 12 tribes of Israel. This is picking the Israel team, basically, right? And this is what Jesus is doing. He's picking the team that's going to be representative of, of the mission and vision of Israel for the kingdom of God. And then it begins with a whole bunch of people are, are healed and diseases are cast out and unclean spirits go out and all who sought to touch him for power came out from Jesus. And then he comes down to the plain, and he begins to speak. And he begins to speak. Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and exclude you, and revile you, and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day, and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. And it continues on, we'll pick up next week. 
with, with others. But, but right here, Jesus sort of, this is the, the prologue almost to, to set for a, a, a rebranding, which is the word we use now, right, for everything, rebranding the, the mission of Israel, of sort of setting things in a different context, in a different light. And it sort of can begin with the woes, maybe even before the blessings, woe, which the word woe really is, is a, a word like, in this context, um, like heads up or look out, or as you know, my dad might say, or I may say to my kids when they're not paying attention, hey, <laughs> right, hey. You who are rich, you've gotten your payment if you want to keep trusting in wealth. Hey, you are full now. The time is going to come when you might be hungry. Hey, all you who think it's great that everybody speaks well of you, that's the way it always has been when false prophets are around. People always like to hear what they want to hear. Hey, you are laughing. Time has come when, when you won't. It's a wake-up call, really, where Jesus is just saying all these things in a similar way of Jer that Jeremiah said. All these things, when you put your trust in the things of the world, when you put your trust in, in your self-worth, in how many likes you get on Instagram, or how many people, you know, comment on your page or all the rest of these things. If you put your, your self-worth in who's speaking well about you or how much money you have or how much power you have or whether you've got this promotion or that, if that's how you value who you are, you're going to be disappointed. Because these things fade away. I know that you think the kingdom of God is coming to trample down all these other nations around you and to make them slaves of you and that you are going to be reestablished as the supreme power. And you'll be wealthy and everything will be great. And the Romans will be gone and there won't be any more Egyptians or any more Persians or any more Greeks or any more all these people who keep coming in and bugging you. But that's got your, your vision set askew. Rather, blessed are you who are poor. And in this way, blessed doesn't even mean like, oh, bless your heart. Right? Or, or even like the good priestly blessing. Like, there, there's, a, there's a guy in my, in my CPE class who, who got into the elevator one time, and he goes, I can't wait till this thing is loaded. <laughs> CP is what you do before you get ordained, I see. But it doesn't even really mean that. Right? It really means, um, like, look up to or, or held up as an example. Respect. Right? In other, in other words, this is what you should aspire to. Aspire to be like this. To be, to be poor, bruised as the kingdom of God. Be hungry, for you will be satisfied. We weep now, 
basically, not in just a, just a material sense, obviously, but in other words, all these people that you pass by on the street and scorn, why don't you be like that? Right? You keep wanting to aspire to be the people you have on the poster, you know, the football player, this, that, whatever you want to, whoever wants to be, the movie star, the singer, blah, blah, blah. Aspire to be the guy down the road who doesn't have very much, but pushes the lawnmower right up and down the street. Aspire to be who, right, whoever. These people, all, all through Luke's, Luke's um, gospel, Luke continues to pull out the outcasts, the separate, the unclean women, and bring them into a higher place, an inner circle, and raise their worth and their value. Um, in order that that message that Jesus proclaimed in his first sermon um, a couple of weeks ago that basically says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I've come to bring jubilee to the world, which includes everybody. The problem with everybody is it means everybody. How will I know I'm special if Mike Maley gets in? Like, right? I mean, I thought I, thought I was better. How come this person's in? How come that person's in? Right, all, like this is the problem where that we think it's all great. You know, invite everybody. Everybody's welcome. We put the sign out. Everybody's welcome. The Episcopal Church welcomes you. It's mostly a lie. If we're honest, except that not when it comes to Jesus. When Jesus says, everybody come, he means everybody come. Even me. Even you, even the person down the road. And in fact, I mean, in some ways, the next thing, even though we'll say it next week, is the next, the very next verse is, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. All right? I mean, this is what the, sort of the continuation of this theme is, everybody's, everybody's welcome, everybody come in, and he doesn't say, yeah, like invite your family, your friends, he goes straight to the heart. Love your enemies. You, you like your friends? Good. Everybody likes their friends. How about the person who doesn't like their enemies? Right? I mean, this is Jesus with his new Israel team setting the stage for an upside down or now right side up world. That all may come to the glory of God. And it's, you know, we sometimes can be um, a little bit content in, in, in the gospel at times. You know, we've, we've, we've heard this all our life, right? That, that God welcomes everybody, that God loves you, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. We, we, we sort of can become complacent in this, this reality. This is amazing, amazing news. That you're not loved because you're smart, 
or pretty or wealthy or powerful. You're not loved because you know the Bible or because you earned a degree from here or because the list the list is 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 long. You're loved because of who you are to God. A beloved child of the living God. And so now all those who before could not afford to come into the presence of God. And remember, this is this is we we also forget right now um, that you know. You, you will need to confess your sins to God, and because of Jesus, your sins can be forgiven. But remember back then, you needed to make an offering. What if you didn't have money for an offering? Well, sorry for you. Guess you're just sitting there wallowing in your sins. Right? What happens, this is why it's such a big deal, the woman who had the flow of blood, who touched Jesus and was healed after 12 years, is because for 12 years she was not allowed to be at worship. Because you're unclean. Jesus is saying, the doors are open. Why? You who are poor, you who are hungry, you who are outcast, injured, the rest. Come in. And you who think you have it all together, reassess. Reassess. Because there's a new shift that's at work. We had a clergy day on, on Thursday with, with uh, Dr. Will Wilbon, who's from a, a bishop in the Methodist Church and also Duke University, and uh, pretty, pretty big scholar in the types of circles I run in, right? And so uh, it, was, it was great that we had him. You, you could watch him on Zoom. You could go down to the cathedral. I've watched him on Zoom. Um, but one of the things he said, he said several things. But one of the things I thought was was really important and really important for for me um, is as as in my in my training a lot of times uh, for preaching, you know, application is always a big is always hammered home. So now you now you laid all this out. So now now what do you need to do, like? end mass incarceration or, you know, save the world in, in some sort of way. Um, and he said, you know, but, but a lot of times, there's, there's times when that's, when that's good, but a lot of times you can just let the word of God be the word of God. And let people just sit with the word of God. And I think this is one of those passages, really, right, that, that basically says, don't put your faith in this. Put your faith in God. Don't put your, don't put your trust and faith in, because in, 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 the reality is it's different for all of us, right? You, you earn your self-worth differently than, than you, differently than you, differently than you, right? We all, there's, there's some common threads but a lot of us, you know, it comes from various things in the world. And allow the Holy Spirit 
just sort of reveal those to you and cast those aside so that you can begin to be blessed by God who's come to live and, and to die and to be, as we heard, raised up for us. For if he wasn't raised up for us, what are we doing here anyway? Jesus is the first fruits that we all might then live into that glory, that promise, that hope, that joy, that power, that love. What would that look like if we all embraced that reality? Now, Jesus already says it might not always be, be great, at least from the outside world coming at us. But the reality is the joy of the Spirit of God living in us and working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. We can, we can dwell in that, that grace, that love, that power. Blessed are we when we allow God to work in us. Blessed are we when we embrace um, the call that Jesus puts forth just sit with that message rather than giving a specific application.